Well, good evening. Glad you joined us again on Wednesday night for our devotion, Bible study, and our prayer time. Uh, we have uh, been studying the Sermon on the Mount the last several weeks, and, and uh, specifically the Beatitudes. Well, we have finished the Beatitudes now, so we're going to continue on into the, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount. Also, we're going to be uh, um, experimenting a little bit with how the, we will use the formats uh, for Wednesday night. Uh, perhaps you've heard that uh, we are uh, planning to reconvene our, some of our meetings and things like that in, in addition to our worship services. Uh, we're dealing with the leadership of our church about how to do that with Sunday school and, and worship services and other, other group meetings. One of the strategies that we're going to be proposing is that we do uh, in addition to Sunday school meetings that could be meeting at various times as well as on Sunday morning, uh, we have a good number of people who are interested in joining a disciple uh, group, discipleship group, uh, small groups. And so uh, one of the uh, aspects of that that we're looking at doing is using our Wednesday night uh, Bible study time as a virtual discipleship group for those who want to participate that way because some of our folks uh, have pre-existing medical conditions and uh, really uh, it's not uh, wise or it's not safe for them to gather uh, in any way with uh, folks outside of their home and so they, they have to stay home a lot. So we want to provide an opportunity for folks who would like to participate in a discipleship process uh, and we we're going to use our Wednesday night um, time together to help do that as well as just people wanting to tune in for the Bible study. So tonight we're going to begin with some of that. We're going to continue in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, but we're going to use it tonight as a bit of a format or a test to see how uh, this discipleship process could possibly work on Wednesday night. So I ho hope you're going to be you know, join us with that. We're going to call this, this series of lessons Disciple Life. Uh, it is continuing in the Sermon on the Mount, so we're continuing in the, in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 5. Uh, and we're, we, we finished the Beatitudes, and tonight our subject is that we are salt and that we are light. And uh, we're, it is in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. If you have your Bibles, uh, you might want to turn to that. I'm going to be reading it to you, and, and that particular scripture is going to be appearing on your screen. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and praise our Father in heaven. This particular passage deals with the value and the importance of Christians and believers in Christ and people who uh, are committed to living for Christ, how valuable they are in this world. Uh, oftentimes we have a I don't know, uh, a self-image problem, an identity crisis that, you know, we're, we're not really much of importance, we're kind of oddballs, and certainly we operate counterculturally to most of what goes on in the world. 
But Jesus is telling believers that we are actually very important to the functioning of this world, and we have a part of our mission is to be uh, a witness for Christ. And he describes being that witness in this passage as being salt and being light. So if this, this passage deals with the Christians, the value of the Christians' influence, let's just unpack this a little bit about this metaphor of salt and light. What's the value of the influence and the influence of salt? Salt does about three things. Now we're talking about salt as it was understood in the ancient world, but it certainly uh, still has applications today. Salt was a, was a relatively rare thing in the Roman world. Uh, it was, it was uh, valuable, actually. Roman soldiers were oftentimes paid their wages in salt. The statement that has come down to us today comes from the Roman times and it says, you know, that guy just isn't worth a salt. Uh, that, that actually means, it, the history of that statement is that if you, if you weren't worth your salt, then you were kind of worthless and lazy and you didn't deserve the wages that you were, were being paid. But salt was not that easy to come by. And it was, it was a valuable commodity. And so, uh, why was it so valuable? What was it used for? The first thing that salt was used for and the value of it was that it seasons things. Spices and those kinds of things. We, we in Louisiana love spicy food and we have all kinds of stuff that we can put in in our gumbos and our etouffees and all our food and stuff uh, to make it taste better. Salt is one of those things. It seasons the food. It makes it savory and so salt seasons. So Christians are a savory seasoning impact on our culture. Uh, salt purifies. Now we may have a hard time understanding that, but uh, those of you who have uh, water conditioners on your water coming into the house, or maybe you have water filters and things on your uh, uh, plumbing source for your water from your well or from, or from uh, the water tap coming in from the utilities. Uh, water softeners have what they call salts, and a lot of the filtration uh, that, that goes into, when the water goes into the water softener, goes through activated charcoal and, they, and, and, and salt, salt mixtures, different kinds of salt. And those things purify, they take out the impurities, they take out the bad taste, the metallic taste. When we lived in Lake Jackson, Texas, the, the public water there was just atrocious. Uh, it was terrible. It tasted terrible. Uh, because of the wells and the, where they got the water out of the Brazos River was so close to the Gulf that there was a lot of contamination, uh, cross-contamination with seawater. So a lot of people had water conditioners. And uh, you can go into the grocery store and there would be entire sections of the shelves with uh, water treatment salts and uh, activated charcoal and those kinds of things. So water purifies, or salt purifies. It, 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 that, that, that's the value uh, that it has. Christians are to be a purify, purifying process on the world. We stand for high morals. We stand for the righteous living and those kinds of things. Salt preserves. Um, one of the primary uses of salt in the ancient world was you would salt down meat and it would, it would help, it helps dry the meat out. It helps to delay and prevent uh, decay and so uh, salted meat would, would last longer. So salted beef, salted pork, salted salted uh, fish, those kinds of things would last longer. Even today, uh, people will salt down food to help preserve it. So the, the value of, uh, of salt 
it just in the natural world is that it seasons and it purifies and it preserves. Um, and so Jesus is using this metaphor of, of Christians being salt to have those kind of positive impacts on this world. Now, salt has a funny characteristic to it. It can lose its saltiness. It can lose its savory characteristics. Uh, it can become contaminated. It can, it can by, by simply sitting out and being exposed to the elements, it can, it, it can lose its saltiness. Now, when that happens, um, sodium chloride, that's what salt is, sodium chloride becomes rather useless and it doesn't have a, a, a whole lot of value to it. In the ancient world when salt became contaminated or salt uh, lost its usefulness it was worthless. It really, it really didn't cost anything. It certainly wasn't valuable as a salary anymore. Uh, it didn't have any, any intrinsic value to it. As a result it was, it was discarded. Uh, it was simply thrown out. Now where was it thrown? The, Jesus says if the salt loses the saltiness, it is thrown out and trampled underfoot. Used salt, contaminated salt, was thrown out on the roads. Uh, if it, 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 it could, it would kill the grass. <laughs> okay, and it, and it would uh, that, that sort of thing. And so, you know, uh, used salt, contaminated salt, was thrown out on the roads, and it was trampled on. It was it was used to grind into the to the roads to keep the roads clear. So when salt loses its saltiness, it is going to be discarded. It's going to be used. But the, the, the implication is, is that as Christians, as we are the salt of the earth, but if we lose our saltiness, that we're going to be trampled, and we're going to be ignored, and we're going to be uh, useless uh, and, and not of great value in being a preservative and a purifier and a, and a seasoner of this world. So disciples of Jesus are salt. Uh, and to be effective in that, so that, that we don't lose our saltiness, we need to be pure in our lives for Christ. We need to live by Christ's commands. We need to find out and understand what those are. And we need to, we need to live a pure life. And we need to be applying the, uh, the commands of Christ in our life. And that's where discipleship comes in. Salt, for it to work, needs to be applied. It needs to be either rubbed on the meat. It needs to be put in a, in a purifying system. It needs to be used in cooking. It needs to be applied. This is where discipleship comes in, and this is why we're using this particular passage to introduce our discipleship concepts tonight. Salt needs to be applied. We need to be intentionally putting to use the qualities of our relationship with Christ in a way that impacts the world for good. Then he goes on to say that the value of light, that we are light of the world, and we need to understand the effects of light on the world. What are the values? What is the influence and the value of light? The effects of light. Light causes Christians to be seen. Um, we, we tend to want to hide. We tend to want to be uh, inconspicuous. But you, you cannot hide what, has, what is illuminated. So it causes Christians to be seen. It dispels darkness. It doesn't take a whole lot of light to dispel the darkness. Uh, when uh, our kids were very, very small. We went to Carlsbad Caverns. And one of the things that they do down in those caves when you go on those tours, they turn out the lights. And man, it's dark down there. You cannot see your hand in front of your face. You can't see anything. It is pitch dark. And uh, then they turn on, they, they light a candle or they put on a little flashlight, and that little light illuminates. It doesn't take any amount of light to, to, to illuminate darkness. So light will push darkness aside. 
when Christians are living for Christ and they are living the way that they ought to, we illuminate and we show light and darkness. The, uh, it illuminates the truth of the, of the gospel. When we're living our life according to God's commands, then the truth and the value of the gospel becomes seen and recognized. It's, it's when Christians don't live like Christians that we harm the gospel. When Christians live like Christians, then people see that and they and they recognize the uh, the, the the value, or they recognize that we're different in some way, and we bring glory to God when we when we do that. Christians who d live like lost people, the world instinctively knows that if they per if this person claims to be a Christian and they're living just like they are, or they are they're living contrary, or living a a life that is that is dark and not much different than the rest of the world, the world instinctively knows that that's not right. You never hear lost people criticizing people lost who are lost for being lost. What you hear are lost people criticizing for Christians acting for acting like lost people because they know that what they are claiming to be isn't what's being demonstrated. So light illuminates, it eradicates darkness, it brings glory to God, and when we are living a life that is consistent with the commands of Christ, we bring glory to God and we bring a compelling witness, the compelling validity to the witness of our Christian life and what it means. So we are light and we are salt and we're to live accordingly. Now disciples of Jesus who, are, who want to exercise this and, and to put these kinds of things into practice, they need to, remember I said salt needs to be applied? Well, being a disciple of Jesus needs to be applied. And we're going to use an acrostic, we're, 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 we're going to use a, a term each week that's going to help us go back and try to apply some of the things that we've learned and talked about during the Bible study. For a Christian, to be a disciple of Jesus, he needs to make space in his life for following Christ. So we're going to use space as our acrostic, S-P-A-C-E. So when we look at the scriptures each week, we're going to ask ourselves, the S, is there a sin that we need to confess that is talked about in this Bible study? Is there a promise that is talked about in the Bible study that we're going to do that we need to claim? Is there an attitude that I may have that is talked about in the Bible studies that we will be doing that I need to change? Is there a command of Jesus that I need to obey? Obeying the commands of Christ is, is the mark of being a disciple. And so sometimes in the passages that we're going to be looking at, there are commands of Christ that we need to learn to obey. Is there an example? That's the E. That I need to follow. So tonight we're going to experiment a little bit. We're going to go back and I'm going to show you, we're going to go back and review the slides that we've just seen on the value and the influence of salt and light. Now what, I, what I'm going to do, we're going to experiment with this to see how it works because you know, you know, this, is a, this is a work in progress. We want to be able to use our Bible studies on Wednesday nights as simply an encouragement and a teaching time for you. But we also want to give you an opportunity to reflect during our time together on the 
on the impact and the application of these Bible studies for you. And we're going to use the acrostic S-P-A-C-E, space. We're going to talk about making space in our life for, the, for Jesus, and we're going to ask him to show us things from our Bible studies that we can apply. All of the, all of the points of the acrostic won't be, uh, be able to be applied in every single Bible study that we do. But well, we're going to go back and we're going to look, to look at the slides again. And I want you to write down S-P-A-C-E. I want you to be able to write down, is there a sin to confess, a promise to claim, an attitude to change, a command to obey, or an example to follow? And we're going to go back and look at the slides and give you an opportunity to, to ask yourself, how do I respond to that truth using that little acrostic to see if there's anything that I need to apply? Now, this will take about a minute. Okay, we have, we have four slides that we're going to go back and review. We're going to spend about 15 seconds on each slide. Now you think that, that's not much time. Actually, that's quite a long time. Uh, on, when, when we're on video, when, when, when we're on TV, 15 seconds on, on one shot is actually quite a long time. So we're going to spend about 15 seconds per slide. I'm going to bring them back up uh, and just ask, is there... Uh, is there a sin to confess? Is there a promise to claim, attitude to change, command to obey, or an example to follow? So let's go back. I'm going to bring up the first slide. Here it is. The value and influence of salt. Okay. Now this slide says that useful salt seasons, purifies, and preserves. Is there anything in this about uh, that, you, that you would find application using the acrostic space? Okay, the next slide is the value of an influence of useless salt. It is worthless. It is discarded and it's, and it's trampled by men. Is there anything that applies that you can see in your own life that you need to apply in some way? Alright, the fourth slide is it. Disciples of Jesus are salt. To be effective, we must be pure. Is there any area of your life that you know that you're not living by Christ's commands? This would be in the place to say, is there, is there a sin I need to confess? Is there an attitude I need to, to change? Do I live a pure life? Do I live an applied life? Am I intentionally applying what I understand to be commands of Christ in my life? And then finally, the value and influence of light. It causes Christians to be seen, it dispels darkness, it illuminates the truth of the gospel, and it brings glory to God. Are there any things about that that you would need to address? Am, am I dispelling darkness? Am I bringing glory to God? Am I illuminating my life? Is it God using it to illuminate the truth of the gospel? All right. I'd be interested in hearing what you think of this little process. If you would need some uh, materials, the, the D-Life journal that the groups are going to be using, if you need some assistance of, of getting things like the, the acrostic for S-P-A-C-E, call the church office, let Pam know about that. We can get that, get that material to you to help you use it every week. But this will be a format that we're going to use. We're going to experiment with this for the month of August, see how it... Uh, uh, plays out and, it, and it, it is useful and helpful for you and uh, we will be 
moving ahead with some schedule um, modifications, regathering, and those kinds of things as we move toward the month of September. Hopefully, by the first of September, we will be regathering in Sunday school and discipleship groups, and even our online virtual discipleship group. Take some time to pray. Take a, take a prayer list out with your family, and we'll see you this coming Sunday. Goodbye.